you, when you relocate your family, for me it was 30 years ago, uh, 10 hours from my mom, you end up getting a lot of moms, and Dell's mom was one of my moms, and a uh, lovely lady. I wish you knew her, because uh, she fixed a lot of meals for me, <laughs> a lot of meals. So um, today, I want to talk to you, I this is this is really abnormal for me, because as you know, I typically take the Bible and just teach through a book. So for me to take Mother's Day, whatever special occasion that is, um, and do the message just for that, I, I, I'm trusting the Spirit with that. I realize that there's a lot of emotion in the room when you say Happy Mother's Day concerning the celebration of Mother's Day because uh, some of you have had great mothers and some of you have had abusive mothers. I get that. Uh, we have those mothers who are still alive and then Obviously, some of you have lost your mother. This is my first Mother's Day without my mom. So I feel you. I get you. Uh, we have some in here in this room who have never met their mother. Uh, but today, I'm going to try to be sensitive to that. You know, in so many years from now... Uh, this message will be purged from the Levener Internet website. I'm just telling you. Because I, I believe Hallmark will lose the battle of having Mother's Day and Father's Day eventually because of gender equality. We're getting there. Sadly, yes, but that's the, that's the situation. Our world is doing everything it can to wipe out the differences between men and women. <laughs> and obviously, you can stand up here and see there's a difference between men and women. You can go home and tell that there's a difference between men and women. You realize, women, that means that you'll never have a clean seat at Starbucks when you go to use the restroom. <laughs> Think about that for a second. We've been doing that with our whole lives. I'll try not to say anything too divisive here uh, for the sake of keeping us focused uh, on the intent of this message. And if you focus on the decisions of this that the world is making about gender in light of what I have to say, then you miss the message and the evil one wins the hour for you today. So I pray that you're able to stay focused. Now I'm going to do something that really messes you up. Uh, I'm going to make you stand up. We're going to play a song here in just a second, and I'm going to make you move. I realize, oh, you're getting to sit with your child during Mother's Day or whatever. But here's what I want to happen in this next couple of minutes. Do it quick. But I want to put the... Not yet. I want to put the, the to-be mothers over here in this section right here, right up here at front. So all you youngins... All right, right up here. I want to put the, the mothers that have kids at home sitting right in this area. I want every other mother to sit over in this section, and then I want the men in the back. You ready? Do it. When darkness seems to end, where are you now? 
things I want to say. And men, you need to hear this as well. This isn't just for mothers. This is, this is good for you as well. But I want to speak to the, the young, young ones that someday will be mothers, hope to be mothers. And then uh, to those that have kids at home. And then those that are empty nesters or grandparents um, I'll start with you. Uh, I want to read to you this passage of Scripture. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, this is Paul writing to Timothy, who is, who is his pupil, his student. Paul was the teacher to Timothy. And Timothy wanted to do ministry. He says, I solemnly charge you before God, and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead. And because of His appearing in His kingdom, preach the Word. Hear this. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now obviously that's Paul speaking to Timothy about going into ministry, but I would say the same thing to you. Look, you're in a society that is making its own rules. That's saying this is okay and this is not okay. And then you go over here and they're saying this is okay and this is not okay. And you go over here and they say this is okay and this is not okay. And you're in your schools. They do the same thing both public and private. Uh, Phil Tooley uh, did that thing. You know when you go on vacation and somebody gives you a book? Well, he, he just sent me a little picture about this new Time magazine thing 
about the science of good and evil. And of course, I bought it and read it while I was on my vacation this last week. And here's what it says. Listen to this. This is Time Magazine. The choices we make to behave morally or immorally are a different matter. And there's a wide variety across populations, what I just said. Simply knowing or intuitively feeling a rule doesn't mean we will follow it. Where do those intuitions come from? And why are we so inconsistent about following where they lead us? Scientists can't yet answer those questions. The world can't answer those questions. Where do our intuitions come from? Brain scans are providing some clues. Animal studies. Oh, we're studying animals now. Animal studies are providing others. Investigations of tribal behavior are providing still more. None of this research make us behave better, not right away at least. Look, the world doesn't get it. It doesn't get it when the answer is right here in the Word of God. I believe for those of you that are sitting here right now that believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for your sins is that He sent a Spirit to live inside of you. And that, my friends, my sisters, is the intuition that the world does not understand. They will not understand that. So when you get information, when you get news from school, from social media, everything else, you have to filter it through the Word of God. And I'm not just saying this book, but the Spirit that lives in you. Because Jesus is the living Word. And Jesus is in you. I would say this for you, young mothers-to-be. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 says, So we are always confident, and know that while we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For those of you that know my friend Gina Wilson that was here a few years ago, I got the message this morning that she's about to go home. She's away from the Lord in her body but she's about to go home where she belongs, and it's going to be a glorious celebration probably later today. It says, for we walk by faith. They're trying to prove it. They're trying to prove it by doing brain scans and checking animals and everything else, but it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. The things that we teach here, the things that your parents are trying to teach here, you have to believe because the world is going to show you something totally different and it's going to be messed up, I promise you. What you have to know is the basics of what we teach here. You have to know your identity in Jesus Christ alone. What is that? What is it? Once that you become a child of God, you're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Your whole identity changes because you've been rescued and redeemed from the sin and darkness and you're welcome into God's family. 
you are God's children. You're handpicked by God. You're different than the rest of the world. You are a treasure. You're irreplaceable. You're loved. You're worth dying for, he says. You're free. <laughs> You're absolutely precious. And so much more. Even if you don't feel it, you need to know that's true. You're a child of the one true God. That's worth celebrating. You're worth celebrating. Know your identity in Jesus. Right, come over here. Young mothers, I'd say this, know your identity in Jesus Christ. Know your identity in Jesus Christ. Teach, teach identity in Christ in your home. If that's the basic for them, mom has to know it. We can teach them all we want in the junior high on Monday nights and the high school on Wednesday nights, but if mom and dad uh, don't understand that, it's hard for them to grasp it. Just this morning in the USA Today, it says why American moms are seriously struggling. This ideal of what it means to be a good mom is to put your child's needs above your own. An ideal worker in the U.S. economy means being fully dedicated and committed with your undivided attention. That you can come in at a moment's notice. That you don't have anything that distracts. This doesn't work if you have kids, said Caitlin Collins, a sociology professor at Washington University. American mothers are struggling because we've Place the kids as the number one deal in our homes. It says in 1975, more than half of mothers stayed home with their kids. Today, both parents work in 70% of the families with children. Please don't get distracted here. Child care costs an average of $12,350 to $13,900 a year, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In some cities, it's double that. Dads are taking on more parenting responsibilities than ever, but surveys show it's still unequal in more than half the households, even when both parents work full-time. Nearly half of grandparents live more than five hours from their grandkids. Half live more than five hours from their grandkids. Moms in 2016 spent 14 hours a week outside of the work on child care, up from 10 hours a week in 1965, according to the Pew Research Center. Social media is pervasive, and research shows mothers who frequently compare themselves to others on social media feel more depressed, less competent, and less positive about their co-parenting relationships. That's what social media does for you. I'm going to say this to you, moms. The most important relationship in the house, besides yours with Jesus, is between you and your spouse. 
the mother carries a child for nine months and there's this bond that happens. You feel it. You, you, it's yours. The dad never experiences that. All of a sudden, one day, there's another person in the house that's taking his time from his wife. And that love takes longer to get attached to that child than it does to the mother. I'm just saying that. I would say this. As you have your kids, continue to date your spouse. Forget the excuses. Well, you know, they're a little colicky. They can't, you know, they got to date your spouse. Dads, it's your deal. Plan the dates. Get the babysitters, whatever. Plan the dates. Hang out with your spouse. Put the phones down. Put the phones down. We were at, you saw, we were at Magnolia Table, that uh, Chip and Joanna restaurant, and they li- have leather pouches there, and they just said, put your phones in the leather pouch so you can actually have a meal and talk to one another. Maybe we should all get leather pouches at our kitchen table. I'm going to say this. Pursue healthy sexual intimacy. Guys, if you go home and you use this statement, (laughs) you missed it. You missed it. I believe that as the Lord speaks, as the Lord speaks, the Spirit moves. Let the Spirit move in your spouse. But I'll tell you this. It's an issue. It's an issue. God created husband and wife for them to be sexually intimate. It's a need. It's a need. And it makes that relationship strong. Vacation without kids. Take a vacation. I would say make your spouse a priority behind Jesus. It's a big deal. Make sure your kids know that your spouse is the most important relationship in that house. I have no problem saying that to Corey and Chloe all the years of my life. I love you, but your mom is the most important thing in this house. Why? Because you're going to grow up and go away. And I'm going to be standing there with my wife who possibly made them the priority. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. Moms, listen to this. This is from that Science of Good and Evil book. In the alternative, there are neurological explanations for human selflessness. We're sympathetic creatures. 
but not in the predified way we usually use that word. Our brains are wired with mirror neurons, cells that make us mimic the behavior of the people around us. So we laugh when they laugh, cry when they cry, yawn when they yawn. We even wince at other people's pain. That provides social cohesion, but it also reduces our most generous impulses to something more transactional. We relive the suffering of strangers in part because it it hurts too much to do nothing. I'm saying what you do, moms, they're watching. And they're responding. You you think about and you dream about what their marriage is going to be like, what their family is going to be like. And I'm assuming that all these things that we've mentioned, that they're going to have vacations with their kids, they're going to be sexually intimate with their spouse and all these things, that you want that for your kids, yet what are you mirroring for them? What are you showing them? I say, moms, don't chase after what the world tells us is the thing to do. That would be our flesh. Those mom blogs, I'm sorry, they look good, but we all know what's going on behind the scenes. 1 John chapter 2 says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is with its lust passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. I say this, pursue that spirit that resides in you. Know that spirit. Follow that spirit. Listen to that spirit. Romans 8, 12, 17 through 17 says this, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You may even get to the point where you want to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Pursue the Spirit. And then, as my friend April says all the time, when we compare, it robs our joy. There's no reason to compare yourself to others when you know your identity. Romans 14 says this, One person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day observes it for the honor of the Lord. Whoever eats, eats for the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, and whoever does not eat, it is for the Lord that he does not eat it, and he gives thanks to God. For none of us, none of our life, none of us lives for himself, and no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and returned to life for this. 
that he might be Lord over both dead and the living. What he just said here is this. There's a lot of beliefs in this room right here. A lot of beliefs. I'm not going to believe everything that you believe, and you're not going to believe everything that I believe. But if we're pursuing the Lord, we're on the same page. We're all in this thing together, and that's what matters. And then the last thing I say to you moms is suffering is going to happen. But that suffering has eternal value. Romans, I finish in Romans 8, verse 16. It says, The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him, you will suffer here. I know you're suffering. I hear it. We've already shed tears in here this morning. My Father loves you and there's eternal value that someday you will understand. Yeah. Of the rest of the mothers. Kids have moved out. Moved on. Hopefully you've done these things. One, I'd say know your identity in Christ. Because you will continually teach that the rest of your days to your children and your grandchildren. What you are going through is a loss of purpose. <laughs> what purpose do I have now? My kids are gone. It's because you made them a priority over here. Purpose still is Jesus number one, your spouse number two. There's, there's frustration over lack of control. Once those kids move out, you've lost control. That's why it's always good to give them control before they move out. So that way you can help them. There's emotional stress that comes with it. The phone calls, the text messages. There's marital stress because you've kind of lived your own lives for the last 20, 25 years. There's anxiety about your children. I get it. If, if half of the grandkids live five hours away, that even adds more stress. What I say to you is adopt a family. It's like Dell's mom did for me. Adopt a family. Have people over. There's, there's plenty of babies in here that they would love to have babysitters. Disciple other women about what you know, which hopefully is your identity in Christ. And you know, you know what I love about this group of ladies right here is they are encouragers for those who are dealing with temporary sufferings. They've been there. They've done it. And they have a good word for you. Hey, look. Those mature believers over there, they really do care about you. And they want the best for you, and they've got experience. I'd listen to them. I'd say uh, one of the things in this Time magazine, it says people who are givers are happier across the board. They tend to have better mental health. 
to be givers. If you can raise a caring child, that child is likelier to be happier and probably live a longer and healthier life. Recommends Post, whose work now centers on studying and advocating for service as a way to prevent and recover from addiction, particularly among adolescents. A way to help overcome addiction is getting them to serve others. Who knew? First Peter, I close with this to you moms. First Peter chapter 5. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because in Proverbs it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him. Firm in the faith, knowing the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. You're not doing this alone. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. After you've suffered a little while. That's talking about right here, right now. To him be dominion forever. Amen. I love you. I really do. I don't think that I have the perfect behavioral family, uh, but we try to model for you. And that's not the reason we do it either. I just trust that the Lord will do that in our lives. So, Matt, thank you for your prayers for my wife, encouragement there, and thank you for continually praying for us. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do and how we close out. I'm going to ask the men to come back up around the women, and we're just going to have a prayer time as we close out.